So if you had a thousand shots and a million opportunities, does that really make you a good person? Because we're about to find out because we're talking movies. We're talking Groundhog Day starring Bill Murray, Andy McDowell and Chris Elliott. Story by Danny Rubin and screenplay and directed by the late great Harold Ramis. Chris, I was at the Virgin Islands once. I met a girl. We ate lobster. Drank pina coladas. At sunset, we made love like sea otters. That was a good day. Why can I get that day over and over? And over. <laughs> Come on! All the long distance lines are down? What about the satellites? Is it snowing in space? Don't you have some kind of line that you keep open for emergencies or for celebrities? I'm both. I'm a celebrity in an emergency. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of How'd You Like That Movie? Uh, I feel like this is going to be an interesting show because I think Scott and I had different ideas of what we were supposed to be prepping. Uh, because this show is going to be dropping on the second, which is Groundhog Day, I was under the impression we were covering films that had the reoccurring day theme as a device, like Groundhog Day. From Scott's opening, it sounds like we're just talking about Groundhog Day. So uh, let's see how this goes. Uh, we might end up in our own bit of uh, feedback loop. So Scott, why don't you uh, take us away? <laughs> so if you had a thousand shots and a million opportunities, does that really make you a good person? We're about to find out because we're talking movies. We're talking Happy Death Day, written by Scott Liddell and directed by Christopher Light. Oh, great. I, I hope Scott doesn't just keep doing that. That's uh, That's very clever. Uh, every time I hear, uh, you know, you know, if you have a million shots, I want to just like break into Hamilton. You will not throw away my shot. I'm just like my country. I'm young, scrappy and hungry. Anyway. So Scott. Yeah. So, so that's lose yourself by Eminem. <laughs> yeah. But it's the founding father's version. So <laughs> no, I was going to say mine instead of one shot and one opportunity. Oh, is that who that is? Oh, it's not from a Broadway musical. Okay. I guess we're yeah. yet again, we're on a different page. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, so we're talking we, the we... edge of tomorrow. <laughs> that is my next one too. <laughs> All right, let's get into the fucking movies. All right. So, yeah, like, to be honest, I thought we were doing Groundhog Day for, like, 10 minutes and then doing the other ones that we watched. But, sure, we can do them all. But then, if you didn't think we are doing Groundhog Day, how did you have a fucking quote prepared for Groundhog Day? Well, because, I mean, Groundhog Day is probably the, definitely the most, like, recently famous. Maybe there's films that use that device beforehand. But I like, wouldn't say recently, it's, you know. Yeah, but recent, I mean, like, maybe there's some, you know, French film from 1950, and I, so I don't want to make some, like, definitive statements. I don't want to be locking myself into some type of statement live, or kind of live, on air. Um, but most people, when you say, like, oh, it's sort of like Groundhog Day, they actually aren't referring to, like, the fucking groundhog coming out of the hole. They're talking about the Bill Murray, uh, Harold Ramis film, so. Mm -hmm. I agree. Anyway, so, yeah. Which yeah, yeah, I love that movie. Like, this movie is fun. Like, and I don't think there isn't anybody who hasn't fucking watched this movie. Okay, so should we go and see what it did at the box office and compare that to the billions of people on the planet, Scott? We, I, I thought we already taught you not to do make those types of statements. <laughs> yes, but now with 
well, this movie came out in what? 90... 93. Yeah. So now with TV, video on demand, streaming, you don't think people have come across this movie? Yeah, man. I'm, I'm, I'm joking. I think I was going to say, I think this is cult, right? I think it, it could be considered a cult film where it's one that's loved and extremely popular yeah it's definitely popular i don't know if it i don't know i think it depends on what your definition of a cult film is but yeah i think it's it's sort of like planes trains and automobiles or fucking uh uncle buck or any of those types of films ghostbusters which i mean harold ramus like there's there's this period in the 80s and 90s where there's a whole bunch of these types of films uh they're comedic i mean stripes you could go back earlier um that again also harold ramus uh that have this sort of like and i've always i've really actually always had trouble kind of defining this whether it's like back to the future or anything it's like they were funny they were comedies but they were really really well written like they didn't feel like sometimes we get comedies nowadays and and like yeah like they had films like porkies and stuff like that that were kind of just silly but there was like a quality to the writing and like even though like yes they were like you could watch them with your family it was like they were still films made for adults. Nobody was giving a flying fuck about like whether you could take your kids to the movie theater. You either took them and they shut the fuck up and watched the movie or they didn't get to go to the movie theaters. That was it. Like the movies were not written for children. They were written for adults and yet you could let your kid watch it because they weren't full of a lot of swearing, unlike this podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, but like your statement just gives me more questions about your childhood like at which point was your mom just like fuck it i'm watching three men and baby he can either come or go or so okay so i can give you actually actually give you an anecdote about that so my mom took me to see ghostbusters right and yeah, there's the scene not, hold on there's the PG. scene yeah but i mean there's there's the scene where the ghost goes in dan Aykroyd's pants and so she like her friend had told her about the movie so i had she had to like put her hand over my eyes so i didn't see the the ghost blowy which you know is a believe a deleted scene or it's more in depth yeah well i mean it gets more in depth i think uh then you mean like they didn't show the whole scene in the film yeah yeah, 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 yeah. i got cut anyway so but, we're uh, we're not talking about ghostbusters we're not talking about back to the future we're talking about uh, yeah. groundhog days and, and and films that use that type of device so cool um so in terms of like just this um what would you call it like plot device sure yeah thing. absolutely they, the um, reoccurring day is kind of the the example i saw coming up online all the time yeah so which one out of the one like which ones did you watch so i mean i've seen like run lola run and uh but like to like get ready for the show i basically covered like groundhog day palm springs edge of tomorrow aka uh live die repeat and Happy Death Day, which is awful, fucking awful, and it got a sequel. I mean, go Blumhouse. I mean, I didn't pull the numbers on some of this stuff, but uh, I'm sure Happy. Actually, maybe our producer can come up with what was the budget on Happy Death Day and what was. Oh, it was box four office. mil, four mil, and I think it made like 130. Yeah, that's like a Blumhouse special, right? Like they fucking, uh, they just print money. You know what I mean over there? Like Happy Death Day, I enjoyed. Of course you fucking did. Of course you did. Like I was I was upset with the movie in the first the first loop. I was like, this dialogue is shit. 
I fucking, is this chick really in university? What is she, 35? Like, it was just, I was just like, I am not invested in this movie at all. Go ahead, keep going. No, I, I just thought it was, you know, it it was a good popcorn film in which, you know, it was just like, I haven't seen the sequel, but just watching it, I enjoyed it. I but... mean, I, I like the idea. I think I think that idea in the hands of a better, I mean, so the director, Christopher Landon, he did like he wrote and directed like mo- multiple different versions or sections of the uh, paranormal franchise, just not one. I think like two onwards he was working on that. So he's like a Blumhouse director and writer. Um, mm-hmm. I just almost wish they had actually brought a no no offense, Christopher, uh, like a better writer, like someone who's good at writing, because uh, the writing was well. Shit. He 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 didn't write the movie; he just directed it. Scott Liddell wrote it. Yeah, well, and I mean, the direction was like, meh. Like, it was fine. But yeah, the, the... they're, like, with the first one, like, and I, I, like, again, I haven't watched the second one, but with this one, there is one big, I think, like, um, plot device kind of thing that I still haven't got through, and that was when it was the, the tu- like, her first kill, like, in the tunnel. Yeah. With that, like, whatever that musical box is. Yeah. How did the musical box keep getting behind her? Yeah, and like, what was the importance of that musical box? Oh, it's almost like a Chekhov's gun. Like, it's there, yeah. but it doesn't serve any purpose other than being creepy. It's just like, ooh, a yeah. music box. Mine was like, so it's behind her, right? And I'm like, okay, so that's fine. Like, if I'm a creepy dude, I can place it. But then she runs, and then it's like right behind her again. I'm like, but the killer's not really supernatural. Like, she's stuck in a loop. But the killer's not supernatural. Anyway, whatever. Like you said, it's mm-hmm. supposed to just be like you go to the movies and you make Blumhouse another hundred million dollars, right? So yeah, exactly. Um, I think I, so. I I think like Palm Springs is the best like revamp that sticks in the same vein as Groundhog Day, right? Like someone who's stuck in some type of time loop that uses it all for bad shit at first, right? <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. You know, also tries, actually, except in this case, uh, Andy Samberg is successful in sleeping with the girl multiple times. Uh, I like when they're like, she's like, have we done this before? He's like, yeah, lots. <laughs> uh, where in Groundhog Day, we don't quite get to that. It's it's a more punched up. It's be- And Palm Springs is beautifully shot. Like mm-hmm. that kind of like uh, saturated, almost candy, not quite neon um landscape of uh, i mean it's not actually palm springs but like the kind of the desert in california desert and stuff like that it's great like it's it's a really fun movie uh it um i think it went to sundance and at the time so it's uh 2020 is when it came out it was the highest pay uh, highest film like biggest amount of money paid for a film and so i think they made it for something like five million and with all guarantees and stuff, they got twenty million for it. That's that's mm-hmm. fucking. Imagine that, like, bang, boom, you take your fucking piece and you made four times whatever money you put in. Yeah, that's Bloomhouse. But <laughs> no, Bloomhouse is like, I made a I made a movie for fucking five thousand and I made five hundred million off of it. Like, <laughs> yeah, but the the thing, well, I didn't mention it with Happy Death Day. The thing I liked was the ending where they actually reference Groundhog Day. Yeah, and I think they actually reference and do they reference uh, Edge of Tomorrow as well in it? No, that was the other pro- like I that was the other recurring one that I didn't watch. It was the that, but that one's on Prime too. 
uh, but the 17 year olds that are in um, the same loop. Uh, now it's going to fucking piss me off what the name of it is. Oh, okay. But, I, but I, yeah, I didn't watch it for this episode, but hold on. I have the name here. Give me two seconds. So do you like, I mean, I, I think it's, again, I, I think it's an interesting device, right? Like the idea of like, if you have unlimited time, what what would you do? If you have an unlimited lives, what would you do? I mean, and that's, again, like back to the idea around happy death day like the idea <laughs> the idea that you wake up and you keep being fucking murdered is is great like i love that i uh, that concept or that story concept i just wish it would have been executed a bit better I mean, yeah she, but was, I also, she was executed a lot <laughs> yeah uh, but i also like the concept as well like every time she came back she was getting weaker and weaker like eventually she was gonna die from it unless she's technically solved her murder yeah but but the one from uh, that referenced both of them, it's called the the map of tiny perfect things. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that one come up as well. But like out of the ones that we, the one that I enjoyed the most was, and I'm gonna say it by the name it should have been called, which was live dead, Re- live die repeat, like edge of tomorrow. Have you seen the second one? There isn't one. Oh, I thought they were doing a second one, or there was a second the- one. Well, no, there. I think it's in like post production, but oh, yeah, okay. there isn't a second. Because the thing that I liked about this, and I, it's the reason why Doug Langman um, directed it, uh, like signed on for it, and it's the first movie where like Tom Cruise is not like the superhero. Yeah, in which like he 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 sucked at everything, and it literally took him a million tries to like get good at all this shit um uh i didn't realize this that he's the director of swingers like from swingers which is a super cool indie film to like the born identity mr like he just started adding like action accolades to his resume but like to start at something like swingers which is like a indie drama <laughs> and mm-hmm. by like near the and then later in your career you're directing like tom cruise and emily blunt in this like sci-fi fucking action extravaganza means there's hope there's hope for all of us but well i think his follow-up to swingers go kind of started going into like the action it, I, it was I really don't know. A to mix. me to go it go is in that that vein of films that were direct quentin tarantino ripoffs they're like holy fuck we're gonna use like non-linear formats and we're gonna like have multiple stories happening at the same time because quentin tarantino just did it with like pulp fiction we're uh, we're gonna go do all that right and it's it i never liked go because it was a basically a knockoff although it has sarah Pauly, who's canadian who's also up for another oscar for women talking congratulations sarah yeah and mr and mrs smith was you know that ruined a marriage up. it fucking that ruined did a marriage. ruin a marriage <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but I'm like, but it got you Brangelina for a couple of years. Brangelina. Um, but yeah, Edge of Tomorrow is a, it is a fun movie. Uh, again, it's like actiony and it's, it, the problem with that film actually was more in its marketing. It's actually a funnier film than they put in their trailers and stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I also think like with that one, like out of all the ones we watched, it's the only one that really explained how they got into the time loop too right yeah because in all all the other ones it's just 
happening. They're in it. And in yeah. Palm Springs, Andy Samberg's character is already in the time loop. Like you yeah. just kind of get come in uh, with the female protagonist so that you can experience what he's already been doing multiple times, like thousands of times mm-hmm. at that point, right? Yeah. So Which was her. Uh, the, dir- <laughs> the director of Palm Springs, uh, Max Barbaco. So I was looking at his uh, filmography or whatever. This is his first feature. He's got a shit ton of shorts. Um, but like, I'm always impressed with these people. That's like, they finally get into their feature film. Uh, he was, he is one of the, he's, I think he's the story writer. And then they brought on a script writer to help punch up the dialogue and stuff. But that you can go and do a short, a bunch of short films, bunch of short films. Then your first feature, boom, Sundance. Boom! Fucking payday. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So now again, is he, hope for all of us. <laughs> I was gonna say, is he like? Does he have anything going on next? Uh not that I could find. He might have something in post. Well, that's not too. Yeah, but he's it listen. Is, he's got that amazing. fucking. He's got those millions that he's hanging out on. Whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> You're like that's the the Chris playing for gold. Ava Mac. <laughs> Just a bunch of shirts. Our motto is we sell out. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, you know, it was fun to go back and watch Groundhog Day. I mean, it it it's it's like it's super PG, right? Um but Bill Murray, it's it's, it's so crazy too cuz Groundhog Day is the film that basically ended the relationship between uh Bill Murray and Harold Ramis, who were like such good friends and had worked together on so many films. I think it's it may have been the first film that Harold had to direct Mr. Murray. You know what I mean? I don't think so. I think they did. Well, he was bunch. in, Ca- okay, technically Caddyshack, but Bill Murray's not the lead in Caddyshack, right? And Bill Murray mm-hmm. is notorious for not being an easy person to work with. He's also known for, like, you aren't 100% sure he's in your movie until the first day he's on the call sheet and he shows up. So I can only imagine that being conflict. And I mean, it's 1993. Bill Murray's pretty famous at this point, right? So, uh, but luckily for both of them, uh, when uh, Harold was sick, uh, Bill Murray rolled into the town that he knew he lived in, went to the, like, the local police station and was just like, hey, uh, I'm obviously I'm Bill Murray and I'm looking for Harold Ramis. And they were like, holy fuck. And they took him to his house and they got to make their peace before Mr. Ramis passed away. So... I think that's kind of a nice story. Uh, but yeah, man, it fucking like broke their relationship. Yeah. But it, I don't think it was ever like, you don't know what caused it. Right? No, like, I don't. Never... I haven't. I haven't been able to find any like facts because I mean, I think only those two really know why. Yeah. But then, yeah, like you said, they reconciled close to the end kind of thing. Which is good. because yeah. We don't we don't have as many days to make it right. We only have this one. Unless you're stuck in a time loop. Unless you're stuck in a time loop. Uh, yeah, man. I, I mean, do you? We're kind of just, you know, off the cuff here. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Like, um, I don't know. Like, what would you like to talk about? Like, how was your day? Yeah, we're not doing that. Uh, <laughs> honestly, uh, I, like I said, all all four films uh, are interesting. I I I did find Happy Death Day to be really hard to watch. Uh, just because I thought it was a bit stupid. <laughs> but the other three, Palm Springs. But yeah, Edgeworld. it's not. Yeah, like that one's not in your. I'm actually surprised you watched it, to be honest. Like, well, I, I tried to do one of each genre. So I did comedy with um, 
Groundhog Day action sci-fi with Edge of Tomorrow. Look and then I was like, okay, out, putting the fucking work in today. Uh, then, you yeah. know, some of us, some of us uh, came a little less prepared. I mean, that's kind of that's what she said. Um, the other one that I just briefly touched about is the like super old school indie film Run Lola Run, which it's not so much a time loop. It's basically like. Uh, multiple uh events the same event happening multiple times in different ways so i guess you could call that a time loop but it basically like you see a basically a vignette then you see a vignette then you see a vignette and like only by the end are the characters kind of successful in the mission they're trying to accomplish uh this was actually it's it's made parody of in multiple things uh most notably like the simpsons they did a parody of it so it's a super interesting film uh it is actually i'm not uh maybe our producer while we're talking can come figure out when run lola run came out it was it feels like it was like late 80s early 90s so uh it was in 98 oh wow it it's weird because it actually feels a bit and maybe it's because of the indie like film stock style of shooting or whatever sorry the indie style of shooting it feels older than groundhog day and groundhog day is actually 93 so how could it feel older than that Groundhog Day when you're like, this was the first one that you can remember with that? No, no, but thing. I mean, aesthetically, like when like you okay. watch it, like it looks older. So according to our producer, uh, going back to 1964, there are eight films using the reoccurring day theme. Uh, three are remakes of others on the list. So there you go. So this is why I didn't want to make some fucking definitive statements, Scott. Some of us respect accuracy in our media presentation, so... Yeah, uh, other people prepare during the week. <laughs> it could have been a quick Google search. Was Groundhog Day the first repeating day movie? <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, man, that's all. That's kind of all I got. Like I said, uh, Groundhog Day is fun. You know, I saw I, I rented it on Amazon. I, I couldn't find actually, so I could not find Groundhog Day for free on any of my streaming services. So uh, I don't know if you have to rent it. Uh, I, I wish I yeah. I did get it for free. I used my, yeah, I used my Cineplex, I went on Cineplex store and used my scene points to rent it for 24 hours. I used 350 points because it was only $2.99. And you seen it here first, uh, you know, Cineplex. That's what I had to do with Happy Death Day too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I think Palm Springs is uh, available on a couple uh, streaming platforms. Uh, Well, I think it's Amazon, right? It's an Amazon. It's an Amazon. And Edge of Tomorrow was on Netflix, so. Yes, I recommend watching that one again. Yeah, just to, you know, I might, I might, uh, I might do that because uh, uh, I didn't end up watching the whole film. I just kind of touched base on it just to get some uh, talking points. But you know what was the best part of Edge of Tomorrow? The edging, good old, good uh. old Bill Paxton. Oh, like, yeah, man. Uh, I mean, Fuck. the aliens and Predator Two, and you know, Twister. And then didn't he die because of like complications of like plastic surgery or some shit? Like he they put him under and then he just didn't. Are are you not the fucking guy who just said I don't want to throw something out there without? <laughs> so you're just gonna throw how somebody died apparently, <laughs> but you're like I do not want to say. And on. that's all for our show. <laughs> uh, no, uh, yeah, man, Bill Paxton. Uh, he's in a lot of stuff that uh, I really like. As he was such a great character actor, right? So. Mm-hmm. I mean, the character he played basically was Bill Paxton. Like, he was Bill Paxton in a movie was his character, so. 
And that is our wrap for the day. Please like and subscribe to this podcast. Tell your friends. If you want to get a hold of us, reach us at the www.howdyoulikethatmovie.com. So if you live, relive the same day over and over again, what would you do? Like, I'm, I'm assuming you would go straight on, like, fucking Andy Samberg. I am not, yeah, I... Production by Rod Shaver, Vader Monkey Productions.